0: Hello, dear listeners. How are you doing? I hope you're all doing well. I'm starting a new mini-series of episodes in the podcast called Family Dynamics. And the first one today will be called Enmeshment. I think we need to know the dynamics in the family so that we can spot when it's not working. So, um, and especially as uh, being an African, I think this first one, immeshment, is very important because it plays out a lot in our families and it can cause uh, problems, as we know. Everybody, we can all agree that to have a family uh, where there's love, unity and everything, that's really good. When a bond is too strong and there are no boundaries, we speak of an immersed family. In the guise of love, loyalty, family, unity, it's sometimes uh, based on fear, you know, where people are not free to be themselves. They have to be what the family wants them to be. Then in that case, there, there are no boundaries between family members. They are fused together by unhealthy emotions. And usually, enmeshment is rooted in trauma or illness. Uh, where a parent has an addiction or a mental illness or even in poverty, right? A parent who has many kids, that it could create dynamics of uh, enmeshment. These are behavioral patterns that get passed down through generations because usually we don't become conscious of what's going on. It's um, unconsciously that these patterns get passed down, that the parents themselves, they receive them and then they pass them on to the next generation. So when we are looking back, back at these patterns, it's not to blame the parents. I like to say that because it's not to tell them that they didn't do well. It's for the people who've lived the life to heal and to understand what happened to them. Because when you live such a life, there are consequences. And if you want to live your present life better, you need to understand what happened. So there are some signs when you're in an immersed family. We know that having boundaries are important because they create space for family members to become independent. And then without boundaries, rules and expectations are mixed up. Parents become over-reliant on their children and children are not allowed to separate from their parents and become their individual selves. This is something that is really very important in the context. I grew up in Cameroon and from speaking to um, coaching clients and friends, I've, I hear that too among other uh, Africans in, in other African countries where children come and they don't have a choice. They have to help the parents. Now, if you give a kid age appropriate tasks, it's good for them. It boosts their self-esteem and they see that they can do it. It's really it's really great. But where it becomes toxic is when the child has no choice and then they they get burdened with tasks. They cannot even go play with their friends and everything. In my culture in Cameroon, it's it's accepted that kids have to help their parents, but I don't think the tasks are of, often age appropriate. If the parent in the image family expects their child to follow the beliefs and values of the family, they will discourage their child from following their dreams. Oh, you're not good at this. Oh, singing, that's not for you. The individual self of the child is not recognized. It's the child it kind of is like a token for the parents to do whatever they need to do. Your self-worth depends on your child's achievement as a parent. So... That's the thing. The child becomes a token, a tool that has to come and fill your own emotional void. Your life centers around the life of your child. So you don't have your individual self anymore. Everything is around the child and they have to fulfill your needs. You believe that you can give your child all the support they need and and that they shouldn't reach out to those outside the family. This is a big problem where children are instructed that everything about the family has to stay in the family. And when there's no abuse, it's okay. But in cases when when there's abuse, where maybe you can speak to an auntie or someone out of the family and ask for help, well, you're not allowed to. And then this kind of parent thinks that they need to know everything about their child's life. No, because your child is an individual person and they need space and respect. And then they feel that their child is their friend and they can expect them to support uh, the parent emotionally. This is very, very detrimental because the child the child is a child. The child is not your friend. You need to find adult friends to confide your big adult emotional, financial relationship problems to and not confide that in the child. This is very, very important. When I hear sentences like, my child is my best friend, I just cringe or say, oh my God, no. No, your child is not your best friend. Your child is your child. Your best friend is your best friend. And we really need to make that distin- the distinction. I will talk about it later when we talk about parentification. Yeah, you share personal information that should remain private with your child. That's the thing. The child doesn't have the emotional ability to process such information. So actually you're not helping your child. It it's very destructive for the child when they grow up to deny themselves to be the emotional caretaker of the parent. So there's a, that's immersion, role reversers. We don't know who is the parent, who is the child, because now the child becomes the parent and the parent goes to the child to vent. So we have to be mindful of that, I would say. The child is rewarded when uh, they behave in ways that uh, please the parent and, and strengthen this immersion bond. I mean, the child should feel loved unconditionally and not feel like they have to serve a purpose. If not, they might be cut out. And it happens a lot, though. So how does a child in an immersed family behaves? Mm-hmm. We might wonder. They don't have a strong sense of who they are because the boundaries are blurred. They don't know where their own self stops and the other person starts, and vice versa. Um, they are not encouraged. There's the 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 setting is set up in a way that it's not meant for them to become individuals, like whole beings. They have to be an extension of their parents, and it's not good when you become an adult. We talk about that. The child doesn't think about their needs because they are focusing on the needs of the parents of the siblings. They are trained to take care of other people's needs. They can grow to think that their needs are shameful. It's, it's shameful to, to have needs. I, I, I was, for the longest time, that person, hiding my needs, hiding how I felt because I was ashamed. So that child would, would think that, yeah, it's not okay to have needs, but they are hyper tuned to the needs of the parents, of the siblings, taking care of everybody except themselves. They make sure that their goals are in line with what their parents want from them. Because there's this uh, threat, even sometimes if it's it's not said, like this loyalty that you you want to make your parents proud, you want to please your parents, and also sometimes you don't want to be cut out of the family unit. And this brings about very conflicting feelings because the child will feel guilty. About the the when they need space, right? They just need space to be themselves, to go visit friends, to go to the mall, but they feel guilty because uh, not only they don't just create the guilt; most of the times the parents give trip them, you know, tell them that they are ungrateful, uh, they are not uh, thankful enough, they should have left them in the village, <laughs> you know. Now they're I don't know abroad, so it, it's it's very bad because this guilt often accompanies uh, these children when they become adults, right, into their adulthood. And uh, these children avoid conflict, and they don't know how to say no. They are not trained to say no. They say yes all the time because that's what their parent wants to hear. And then when they are not in that setting anymore, they don't know how to say no in relationships, in friendships. They don't know how to say no. And they, they would rather go climb the Kilimanjaro than to have conflict with other people. Conflict avoid and they think that uh, having a conflict will kill them. It's that bad or saying no uh, means death. It's really, really bad. It's so, so uncomfortable. You can have conflict and then resolve the conflict and then move on with your life. Uh, That's something that we need to learn. So the consequences that can happen to someone who grows up like this. I talked about parentification. It's also a blog post on my website, miriamjoku.com. The blog post is called Parentification, Growing Up Too Soon. Um, So that's one of the consequences of living in an immersed family, right? Is being parentified. That is, the roles are inversed and then the child becomes the parent. And there are two types of parentification. Instrumental parentification where the child just takes over running the house, takes care of the siblings, uh, pay, pays bills, does the dishes, cooks for all the siblings and everything. Um, this, this, this is a big, big problem in African families where the, the eldest child is given this role of uh, uh, this Cinderella role of taking care of the, of the younger siblings. What I've noticed, I've heard many stories about this. Sometimes there's a gap between the eldest child and the and the younger children, or the mom was young when she had the eldest child. But anyways, uh, in my case, yes, my mom was young, but there's only two years of difference with my sister. But I was her caregiver for a long time. So in, in African families, the eldest child is often given this role of the parentified child, where they take care of everything, takes care of the siblings and everything, but no one takes care of them. <laughs> That's the thing. I think the consequences are the dynamic between the siblings, that there's a resentment already, there could be. Also, on um, the eldest child, with regards to the, to the parents, there could be really lots of resentment of being treated in a different way compared to the younger siblings. And in some extreme cases, maybe the younger siblings don't gain the routines to take care of themselves because they no one taught them to take care. The bigger one had all the routines and uh, and uh, was set up to take care of the household. And then the younger ones, they don't know how to take care of themselves. What should have been done was the, the parents teaching the, all the kids to take care of themselves so that with time they become more and more independent. Because the, the eldest child, while doing that, doesn't develop emotionally because they are so busy uh, cleaning, cooking, and doing all the chores that they don't have any time for themselves to reflect, to be bored, to watch movies, to talk on the phone with their friends and things like that. So this is something we have to be mindful of. And then emotional parentification, that's really the very bad one. As I was saying before, it's about... um when the child becomes the emotional caretaker of the of the parent the parent goes to the child to tell uh, their stories how i don't have money to pay rent uh, uh the new boyfriend uh, uh, at the end of the day you uh, know the new boyfriend is a jerk and then asking the child what they should do you know relying emotionally on the child so it again brings the child to in that position where they have to put their own needs, their own emotions in the in the back end and take care of the parent. And that cannot be healthy. In, in the long run, it's not healthy. It, it doesn't turn out well. And it's really bad. I don't want to go too deep into this, but uh, the consequences for the emotional development of the child is really, it's very detrimental where they low self-esteem, they don't know who they are and, and many, many things. Speaking of not knowing who they are, one of the consequences of uh, enmeshment is, they call it individualization. You don't become your own person. You don't have a sense of uh, identity because you never had the chance to explore, to discover who you are, what your values are. And uh, so your identity is a bit blurred. You You don't have that boundary between yourself and others. You don't know what your role is that you don't know how to manage your emotions because you never had time to let your emotions come up to the surface, bubble. And then these children, they might bottle up their emotions and then when it's too much, they will lash out and things like that because they didn't, no one helped them. There was, that space was not created for them to, to even welcome or even discover their emotions for our, I didn't even know what I felt for the. I mean, I'm thirty. How many years old now? Thirty <coughs> years old, and uh, I don't know. For more than thirty years, I did not even know how I felt. If you ask me, what are you feeling? I, I, I was not able to say it because I didn't know. So this comes from uh, being so busy. A cleaning, cooking, selling in a barn, being like walking like a slave than even taking one minute to, to, to ask myself who is Miriam. So that's what it does to people who go through this. A child from an immersed family can also have like a fear of abandonment, which can lead them to into codependent relationships. And when you think of it, codependent relationship is what it's the kind of family, relationship dynamics in a, in an immersed family where you know there's no separation between the other person and you. You don't know where your personal space is. If the, If the dad comes home, he's in a bad mood, everybody is in a bad mood. You, you feel as if you have to be taking care of everybody's feelings, how everybody is doing, being there for everyone. And then you even feel resentful because one, you don't know how to ask for help for other people to be there for you. And two, they are not there for you because what you give, you give too much. You give too much. You don't give something that leaves a bit of space for you, for yourself as a person. Then you become resentful that people don't take care of your needs. But number one, you don't know how to express your needs or you don't feel comfortable expressing them. And number two, what you give because you give too much people can never give back as much to you so there's some resentment there that you take care of others and they don't take care of you but it comes from childhood dynamics already you might wonder so what's the difference between a close-knit family and uh, and an emerged family because most of the time people will mistake an immersed family from a close family And there are so many people who put lots of money, energy to to foster a feeling of togetherness and of love in their family. So I don't want everyone to go to feel as if their family is immersed or, or something. But there are three things that distinguishes a close family from an immersed family. And the first one is that the emotional bond among the family members create safety for everybody to feel themselves. So the love and bond that the family members share is safe enough for everybody to feel their individual self is accepted. You know, we don't have to be like a clone of our parents or um, be exactly what they want us to be, to be accepted. So what we are, the people we are at the core, are accepted in the family unit. So that's one difference. And also the next one is that the family members don't use each other for their emotional needs. For example, mommy doesn't come home from work with all her stress and start screaming on everyone and then everybody's uh, walking, walking on eggshells. Daddy doesn't wake up in a, in a bad mood and then everybody has to Whisper and uh, try to hide because you know there are consequences. Daddy's in a bad mood, so there will be a kind of a separation between it doesn't mean that daddy cannot be in a bad mood, but it's safe enough for daddy, for example, to take himself to another room or to mom for mommy to take herself into another room and then not permeate everybody with their mood. So there's kind of a boundary among the family members, right? Children are encouraged to co- contribute to the successful running of the home, but it's not parentification. It means um, they can be like a chore list where children, they will take turns bringing out the garbage, um, loading the dishwasher, picking up their toys, or I don't know what, but it's something where that empowers them, boost their self-esteem and uh, you know, give them a sense of satisfaction because they did something and they accomplished task. So that's a good way you know, to make kids contribute without overloading them. How do we get help for immersion? For example, if we become adults and then we went through this, I I think I want to tell you how a child who grew up in an immersed family and becomes an adult, how they might react in adulthood. They might like to feel in control. They feel overly responsible for things outside of their control because they, they need to feel in control, so... They feel overly responsible for the well-being of their friends, family, uh, lover, colleagues. They yeah, they overextend themselves. They tend to be the caregiver for their friends and uh, other relationships. They struggle at the same time to trust others. Trust is a big problem um they are very safely reliant so they they tend to offer help run rush to help everybody but when it comes to themselves they they don't ask for help and they don't even know how to receive help so they rely on themselves but it's kind of a lonely place because they need that care and to be taken care of but they don't know how to go get it or accept it um they sacrifice their needs for the needs of others. And then sometimes it might make them resentful. They feel unappreciated because they give so much. And as I said before, they give too much. So other people cannot match what they give. And in any case, they don't say what they want. They can, they don't say, I need this from you. I need you to help me. I'm struggling. I need a friend to confide in. They will not say it. They want other people to guess because they think saying it, having needs, um, it's it's shameful. They also struggle to play or let loose. So they, they don't, they have a hard time relaxing and, uh, you know, not doing anything because they were so busy and uh, taking care of the needs of others. But I think in order to heal from this, the first thing is to accept that it's okay to make choices that your family doesn't agree with and to accept that your feelings are your own, your parents' feelings are their own, and your siblings' feelings are also their own. And if you're an adult, that your partner's feeling is their own. So it means that you're responsible for your own feelings. You're responsible for your own happiness. And your parents, they are responsible for their happiness. And your siblings, they are responsible for theirs. So it's just to set that boundary of not overextending ourselves and taking care of everything, the feelings of everyone they need. It's just too much and too immersed. So it's to... Stop the immersion and starting to, you know, take what belongs to us. It's to stop carrying all, all the burden in the family, in relationships, in friendships, even at work. And only carry what belongs to us. Already there. I know it's hard when you've functioned like that for too long and there's a lot of guilt. But it's really getting used to. And that's where coaching with me or therapy could be helpful in learning to do that and know that you can survive the discomfort of setting a boundary because telling somebody no or setting a boundary of when i don't know you want to communicate with your parents or you you want people to treat you and actually saying it it feels so uncomfortable sometimes it's like you're going to die because you set a boundary but nothing is going to happen i mean good things can happen actually because people know what you stand for and um I mean, it can help. I think in general, we need to go inwards because all that development that hasn't happened yet, that emotional lag that we carry inside, we have to go inside and get to know ourselves, you know, develop ourselves. What, what do we stand for? What do we like? What are our interests? What are our hobbies? So you go inside yourself and then you try to see how you feel. You know, try to identify your emotions, try to identify your hobbies, what you like, what you don't like. In what settings are you comfortable? Are you not comfortable? And you set boundaries. I know it's hard, but you have to set boundaries. And also you have to create space for yourself and for others. If you're in a relationship, you have to let your partner have have space and also create space for yourself, you know? You can go out uh, with other people for a drink or by yourself. You go walk in the forest or in a different room if you're upset. You know, you consciously stop creating that dynamic. But I think also if you build that self-esteem inside, it might help with not being in a codependent relationship if you're an adult. And if you're a parent, it's... Helping your child, giving your child that space to build their sense of self, signaling that who they are is okay. They don't have to be a a copy of you or what you think they should be. And of course, not confide in your kids things that are too big for them and things that should be confided to an adult. Make it clear and model to your child that it's okay to have relationships outside of the family, to have a mentor, to have friends to speak to other people, to, you know, create that dynamic that they are not against the family if they like art and the family, uh, everybody's a doctor. And also as a parent, I think it's important to develop your sense of self. When you're living through your kids and then your kids are your everything, that's not okay because you are the coach of your kids. You're there to help them reach their potential and be the best version of themselves, not of yourself, themselves. And for that to happen, you have to find some peace within yourself. So it's important if you're a parent and you recognize yourself in this dynamic to just start building a sense of self, as I said, asking yourself what you like, what are your hobbies, maybe you should uh, uh, start going to Zumba class. Now I'm just talking about myself, but... You know, like you have to have a life outside of your kids. You know, you have to have your own life. What for fears you have to find your own fulfillment so that you don't project what you didn't have, what you want for your life all onto them. And then you, you overshadow the, the people that they are. You know, we learn every day. It's not to lay blame. I know that it's a heavy topic, but really it's not to lay blame. It's to, it's to learn as much as possible and create that space for dialogue and for people to become individuals so that kids don't grow up staying away from their parents because their parents don't understand them or, you know, being so resentful of their parents because of how they grew up and just being so broken and so empty inside and just looking like an adult and having the emotional development of a seven year old. We are many people out there like that. We, we have a big degrees, we have fancy jobs, we look all put together and then inside there's nothing because nothing was given and nothing was poured into us. So it's in the goal of making things better and for us and for the people we are going to enter into relationships with, be it friendships, intimate relationships, work, uh, our kids. So yeah, if we know better, there's a chance we might do better. Thank you for listening and uh, until next time for this heart series on family dynamics. Bye-bye.